welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, it's Wednesday, November the 3rd, 2021, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are so grateful to have with us Miss Carla Thrasher, and Carla is our Director of International Adoption, and she has been with Lifeline for 20 years and has served in uh, such a, a, a vast capacity, first coming in at Lifeline serving families and then becoming the China Program Director, and now most recently serving as our Director of International Adoption. And certainly this last year has been an interesting year, and really the last two years have been a very interesting year. And I think as I've said on this podcast, I remember when I got that call early in January from an infectious disease doctor that said, make sure you have no families going to Wuhan, China. Uh, This new strand of coronavirus is going to be very serious. And at the time, we were thinking that that would potentially affect briefly adoption in China, but we had no idea how it would spread and literally impact every country in the world. But even amidst this coronavirus outbreak of COVID-19, there's still much need around the world. International adoption is still viable and it is still very needed for many kids around the world. And so we want to talk about that today with Carla Thrasher. But before we do, I want to remind you that November starts National Adoption Month. Every day, vulnerable children become neglected, abandoned, or orphaned. Numbers are continuing to rise of the number of children that are orphaned or abandoned. But at the same time, this pandemic has slowed the number of families willing to enter into the adoption process. Through the HOPE Adoption Fund, we are excited to offer financial support to qualified families through scholarships. Families who apply for a full international program in November are eligible for a HOPE Adoption Fund scholarship starting at $500. For alumni families, that's in addition to the 300 alumni scholarship that you already get from the Hope Adoption Fund. You can see the show notes for more details. You can always go to our website, lifelinechild.org, to apply and to take advantage of this these scholarships starting at $500 for the month of November. This is only for the month of November being National Adoption Month. Also, for more information, you can always email us at info at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O, at lifelinechild.org. Or you can call 205 967-0811. Well, Carla, we're so grateful to have you back on the Defender Podcast. And you've been on so many times, you might as well host the Defender Podcast. But one of the reasons that you continue to come is because certainly our ministry has been so impacted by the effects of international adoption, but also because even in the, the last several years, as international adoption has has waned a bit, we've seen the importance of how many children are still there needing families. And so let's go back, I guess, first at the beginning. What, uh, what, did, what did international adoption look like in 1999 when it first began at Lifeline? Yeah, so I... I love when I get to come on and talk about international adoption and just what it has meant um, to our ministry. And it's it's very interesting, you know, to, to look back as far as 1999, um, because this 
international adoption was truly brand new across the board. Um, it was new to Lifeline. We started off with, with a couple of countries, Ukraine and China. Um, and in the beginning, Herbie, it was interesting that we were learning the logistics. We were learning all the paperwork processes, immigration. And it's been interesting to see how Lifeline has truly transitioned from um, kind of a, a paperwork process where it was very important to, to get all the paperwork right and to cross our T's and dot our I's and, you know, kind of moving people back and forth. But just now how just the depth of our ministry has increased where um, it is truly um, a ministry that is focused on the best interest of the child, um, not necessarily the paperwork or the process, but how are we truly preparing families to care for children um, that they're bringing into their home. It's been great to see just um, our capacity for discipleship to increase over time. And just knowing that um, in addition to the paperwork and how important that is, truly the most important thing we do every day is pointing families to the Lord, knowing that he is going to be their true, their true provision um, as they bring these precious children into their homes. Yeah. And even as we think about what it looked like in 99 and maybe even how uh, we continue to grow and how we've continued to deepen uh, in ministry. How, how has international adoption just as a process changed in the past 20 years? Yeah. So that's a great question too. And, you know, I think first we need to look at just the children um, that are coming home internationally. Um, 1999, probably through about 2000. 2008, um, the focus was really on younger children with more um, either either considered to be healthy medically or, or more minor medical needs and how the shift now is really focused on older children, um, sibling groups, children with more moderate needs. Um, and, you know, one of the questions we get um, so often now is as numbers have declined, as needs have increased, you know, why does Lifeline continue to promote international adoption as an option um, for children? And I love our ministry's answer. Um, Lifeline's mission and vision is to fill a need, um, to fill a gospel need um, in children um, in the countries that we serve. And as long as there's a need, we are going to be in these countries. Mm. Um, and I love too that even back as far as you know, the early 2000s, you know, Herbie, especially when you came on board, um, you made it clear that we were not going to be a ministry that only pursued um, the children that were going to be easier to place. But we truly were going to um, take the challenge of locating homes for the kids, maybe that that not everyone was standing in line for and not everyone was was pursuing. And I love how that really kind of put us ahead of the curve because that's exactly where we are today. Um, and our team is prepared well. Um, our educational resources are, 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 are top notch when it comes to preparing families for those children that are going to be more challenging to place. Yeah. And that was just something that obviously was all of the Lord as he orchestrated and that pivot for us. And, and I think Carla, you, you were there when we you know, we're actually in China. Um, it was kind of the place that that this pivot that happened. And we realized there are, and at the time, uh, there were over 200 organizations vying for these healthy kids of China. And certainly there were lots of children that, that were in need of families in China because of a one-child policy. Uh, but what we really started to realize is that there are believers, there are 
uh, opportunities for domestic adoption, even for some of these most healthy children. And instead of, of, of trying to quote unquote compete for a child that has lots of families that are vying for that file, let's look at those kids that no one seems to be looking at that honestly need a family. And, and the whole heartbeat of international adoption is finding finding families for children, not children for families. If that's really the heartbeat, then we need to go find those children who no one's looking at, who no one's desiring their file. So that is really even blossomed and grown into how we approach almost every international adoption scenario, older special needs, those kids that aren't really the ones that are being noticed, or maybe in a country where kids aren't being noticed as much uh, and they need families. So how would you describe Lifeline's philosophy regarding international adoption and special needs adoption? Oh, um, I would definitely, there are so many words to use to describe um, where we are today. Um, I think definitely um, we're we're fearless. Um, We're fearless when you look at, we know that this is where the Lord is leading us. And we know that where he leads, he'll provide. And even when we're kind of stepping out of the mainstream, like you said, you know, kind of choosing the path um, that is more challenging at times. Um, We're choosing the path um, that's going to, um, you know, sometimes produce some roadblocks as we are seeking to pursue um, those children that don't have the long lines of people or, you know, those countries even that um, are characterized by being a little bit more challenging of a process. Um, but I think you're exactly right. You know, at the end of the day, when you stand in those orphanages and you know that there, there are things that you are able and allowed to see in an orphanage, but then you know there are floors above where they have children maybe that aren't going to be um, the, the children that they want you to, to necessarily see or the children that they want you to necessarily know exist. Um, and I love that that's our heart um, is pursuing those children and pursuing um, those processes again, that are just going to be the more challenging, the one that we know um, they're going to have stories to tell. Um, They're going to um, a part of their history is going to be being one of those children Um, and just the amazing things, the amazing ways the Lord uses those stories in our ministry. Amen. And and we've seen so many different ways that he has used those stories. And we, we've highlighted those even on this podcast. And I think about opportunities that we've had to go into some of the <clears throat> some of the places in these orphanages that have what they consider the kids that would never be adopted. And yet we've seen families go in and adopt these kids and we've seen these kids grow. And, you know, even just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Dallas, Texas and, and meeting with a family and a church partner. And they were telling me about how their little girl who was brought home uh, and had spina bifida, how she is now able to walk and that she is able to be, be able to get some necessary surgeries to where, yes, yeah, she's always going to struggle a bit with the spina bifida, but her quality of life has been so uh, changed and it's, it's, it's so new and it's a miracle of the Lord, but it's also the faithfulness of the Lord to call these families who want to help these kids and want to reach around and love on these kids. You know, I, I think of so many of our families that have 
have intentionally sought out a child with Down syndrome or a child that's blind or deaf because they ultimately want to show them the hope of the reality of Christ Jesus. But they also they know because they are a believer that these kids are made in the image of God and and bear and bear his marks. Well, and Harvey, we about, too, yeah. I was just going to say what a message to the governments that we are serving in those countries um, that we've been able to come alongside. And when they ask the questions like, why do why do families want to pursue children with, you know, such significant needs or why are these children important to your ministry? What a message we've been able to share with them about the value of all life and just the value of every single one of those children. Um, and I do love that we have families that come to us um, that we are able to 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 share with these governments, you know, stories of these families bringing these children home and pursuing medical care, um, pursuing education, caring for them in, in amazing Christian families. And I just can't help but 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 wonder, you know, the impact of that message in that country for years to come, just regarding the value of, of life in their country. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that certainly there's a lot to celebrate of the last 20, 22 years that we've been able to participate in finding godly missional homes for these these children around the world. But most recently, and and, and as we've talked about it for sure. COVID-19 has impacted, again, not just our country, but the world and international adoption. What, what are some of the, the impacts that you could bring to light, especially more recent impacts that COVID-19 has had on international adoption? Yeah, like Herbie mentioned when we started the podcast, you know, that, that day in late January of 2020 just stands out in our mind as, you know, something that we thought, oh, this will be, we'll, we'll, we'll manage this. This maybe be a couple months. We'll manage this. No problem. Um, when in actuality, um, it was the first time in Lifeline history that every single international program was shut down in some capacity across the board with regard to travel. Um, so it was interesting for our team again to pivot. Um, we use that word a lot here, but to pivot to um, switching from the paperwork processes and the, the things we typically are doing every day to really jumping in with caring for families um, that were facing kind of an unprecedented season in international adoption. Um, so I love just watching our team just wrap around our families here. I loved watching our team wrap around our teams on the ground in country. Um, some of those countries were significantly impacted um, you know, the, our, our teams were out of work. Our teams were, um, some of them facing some significant challenges of even finding food um, for their families each day. And I loved watching our team wrap around them. Um, you know, it was interesting that during that time, we were able to do some, some very um, unique things. We had a family adopt a child in China by proxy. Um, and that situation is, is just so... Um, just significant because outside of that unique situation of that of that girl's adoption, she would have aged out during COVID and not have the chance at a Christian family. Um, so that was significant just to, to be, have, be able to have that opportunity. Um, we watched our hundredth adoption take place um, in India during COVID, you know, during a time that India was facing such significant challenges. Um, we watched um, so many children be able to come home there. Um, it, 
it was just a time too for our staff here at Lifeline to really put into practice all of the things we say to families on a daily basis about trusting the Lord and having faith um, in, a, in a time where, where those things were hard to come by some days. Amen. And, you know, I know a lot of times it's, it's easier to see those lessons learned on the backside than in the middle. But, but Carla, even as we've been walking through this season, what are some of the lessons that you think that our team has learned um, even about trusting in the Lord during this time? And what would you say are some of the things that our families have been growing in uh, even to make them? And I know this is still for a lot of them, this is still a weight and a hard weight, but how do you see the Lord already shaping to make them uh, better parents when their kids come home? Mm, I love that you asked this. Um, Actually, just this week, we, um, our China team started a Bible study with our waiting China moms. Um, and it was just one of those things, you know, as we continue to seek to care for them at a time when there's not a lot we can do practically as we wait for China to reopen. But knowing that so much of this is a spiritual journey and spiritual warfare. Um, so we started a Bible study with them this week. Um, the name of the Bible study is Anxious. Um, and it was actually written by a China adoptive mom. Um, and it's just the, the message of this week was just about present peace. Um, that we're never going to have, we're not promised peace in this world. Um, and there's never going to be a time where you attain peace, but it, but peace is something that you seek every single day, um, you know, by, by sitting with the Lord and just by pursuing the things that he has for you. And I think that was kind of an overall message for our entire ministry staff um, during this COVID time, um, that most everything we knew kind of practically things that were familiar to us were stripped away for a season. And it was really a time when we were able to sit before the Lord and see what does he have for us? What does he want for us in this season? I mean, I think those were some of the, um, some of the messages that he wanted our attention and that he wanted us to realize that nothing else really matters in this process. As much as we think we know everything and we know so much and we have all these processes down and mm-hmm. we know the things to say at the end of the day, he is in control and he's the one that's providing for us. Amen. Well, you know, I think one of the things that we look like we look at is just how, how different at times lifeline really is. And I think there's a lot of times we, we think that, that we're just one of many or, or, uh, one of a, a lot of folks that are doing it this way. But what are some of the things that you've noticed as, as not only you've been able to serve and lead at Lifeline, but also as you've experienced international adoption out there? What, what are ways that really sets Lifeline's ministry apart in international adoption? Yeah, there are so many good adoption agencies out there um, across the United States. But I think some of the things that really sets Lifeline apart obviously would first be that we're gospel focused, um, that at the end of the day, our primary role is pointing families to the Lord as he equips them to care for the children that they're pursuing. Um, A couple others would be, Herbie, that we truly care for our families. Um, We are relationship-based. We, um, aside from the paperwork and the processes and all of those things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, we're, we're making connection. Um, we want relationship to be strong with our families because we know challenges are coming 
And when those challenges come, we want to be the people that they turn to um, because of the relationship that we've, that we've formed. I think another thing that sets Lifeline as a part is just the mentality of, um, you know, we feel like the process is, is the hardest part sometimes, the paperwork and the waiting. But we know because of the experience that we have from the past 20 years, the true journey starts when a child is placed in your home. And our ministry is so strong post-adoption. I'm so proud of just what we've accomplished in the last you know, several years, just the, the services that we have for families that go beyond just those first six months of critical challenges. But now we are, we have educational services to help families navigate school systems and education, parent coaching, which is one-on-one training with Um, a mom and a dad or one of our professionals here where they truly are looking at the specifics of what is going on in a family's home. Um, It's not general. It's not broad stroke. It is about that family. And we have excellent just counseling resources for when those challenges go beyond those first six months and the things we know families can anticipate when those challenges go deeper. We've got some amazing counselors here. I mean, I think that really sets us apart. I think the tendency is to focus on the process and once a family's home um, to kind of release them um, to, but, you know, our focus here is just so different and we're committed lifelong to the children and we're committed lifelong to the families that we're serving. Amen. Amen. And it's, it's a lifelong journey because this journey is not just about changing the location or changing the the culture of a child but it, this is about discipleship for sure and discipling a child in the way that they should go and so you know one of the things that we do uh, at lifeline that that we took a risk on now uh, almost three and a half years ago was bringing every family uh, to a central mm-hmm. location to train them and to pour into them in preparation for adoption and to prepare prepare them for this child that they would bring into their home and Uh, I know that that's been a huge part of our preparation as we believe that the best post-adoption support starts with good, strong, healthy pre-adoption. So, Carla, how do families best prepare for bringing a child into their home through international adoption? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously initially a prayer, just knowing what the Lord has for you in the area of orphan care. Are you a family that's called to adopt? Are you a family that's called to help others, you know, financially? Are you a family that's called to pray um, for ministries like Lifeline and families that are actually, you know, boots on the ground walking through the process? Um, I think then just being open um, to education, being open to soaking up just as much as you can during your pre-process so you are ready for the challenges that we know are coming post-adoption. And Herbie, you know, one of our messages um, that we really are trying to, um, you know, kind of get families to really grasp onto is we know 99.9% of families are going to experience challenges um, post-adoption and with the child that they are bringing into their home. And I think human nature is we want so badly to believe we're going to be one of those families that just kind of sails through and um, aren't impacted by those challenges. But we really are trying to encourage families during the process to consider that you are going to be one of those families that's impacted 
um, by those challenges. I think there is a lot of financial preparation that goes into um, the adoption process. And, you know, one of the things that Lifeline truly focuses on is helping families financially, um, whether through our own resources here or through the very strong connections that we have with grant entities um, throughout the United States. And I think just um, being able to be very self-aware and self-assess your capacity um, assessing your resources, um, kind of taking stock of what you already have on your plate, the children already in your home, um, and just being open to just the, the guidance of the professionals that are going to be working with you um, throughout your journey. Amen. Well, as we've already said, in just a couple of short months ago, you celebrated your 20th anniversary of serving at Lifeline. And you've had the opportunities to work with many families and many children and to see many children come home. What are some of those favorite Lifeline International moments or memories from the last 20 years? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think, you know, kind of a broad stroke, just, you know, those children, um, you know, Monday mornings are kind of my favorite mornings because we see over the weekend, you know, children that were baptized or children that have made profession of faith. And there was a really special one this past weekend that really just, you know, brought home again, just the importance of, of what the Lord is allowing us to do. And it was a little girl who, as she was being baptized, she said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm so grateful that I was allowed to be adopted twice, you know, once into the family that she has, and then now into, you know, the family of God. So I think broad stroke, just those seeing those children come to come to know the Lord. Um, I've loved the time that I've, I've spent in China. Um, a lot of that's been with you, Herbie. Um, I've loved when we have, you know, actually had the opportunity to take the children out of the orphanage, you know, we've done kids camps in China where we took the kids out of the orphanage and kind of had them to ourselves for a few days where we, you know, did like some Bible, um, some vacation Bible school type activities, and then would take them to the zoo or to the parks and just experience their culture with them. Those have been some great moments. I mean, I think too, just watching Lifeline evolve over the past 20 years into what um, we are here and just knowing that the future is, is just so bright um, as we continue to care for the vulnerable. Amen. And I think of all of those just awesome opportunities to be able to see that life change firsthand and to be able to see the things uh, that, that the Lord has done. And uh, you know, some of the, some of the stories uh, just continue, they, they get lost in a, in a way over the, the history but to realize that each story is a personal life and it's a, it's a, it's a personal testimony of the goodness of God working in and through each and every one of these children. And certainly I think of, you know, one little girl that we were able to get out of an orphanage when her lips were purple and she was on the verge of death. And now she is a daughter and that is doing well. I think of a, another little girl that um, literally we were able to get into one of our foster homes uh, overseas. And, and she, uh, she was, the, the nannies were having to stay up with her 24 uh, seven. These were believing nannies that, that were praying for her. And now she's totally uh, doing so fantastic with 
her family and and just the hand of the Lord going through and working through um, each and every one of these families. And so what I would encourage any family that's ever considered international adoption is really to even go back to what Carla said is to pray, to start in prayer, because if the Lord calls you to adopt, he will equip you. Um, now, I don't believe and I know Carla doesn't believe that everyone is called to international adoption or is called to adopt. But for those that are, the Lord will equip you and he will point you and show you the way that you should go. And so as we started November National Adoption Month, and we have a, 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 an opportunity for you and your family to get engaged with international adoption and to get a scholarship from the Hope Adoption Fund starting at $500. Carla, give us some more information on the November application opportunities. So as Kirby said, we are offering a scholarship, the $500 scholarship um, for families that apply to our international programs throughout the, the month of November. We've also got webinars that we can provide you with a schedule that kind of give you an overview of international adoption. Um, we have so many um, Orphan Sunday events going on throughout the month of, of November um, all over the country. Um, and just, um, you know, you are always welcome to call us and we can walk you through um, your family specifics, kind of where you feel the Lord is leading you um, and help you um, kind of discern those next steps as well. Yes. And as as we've said before, you can always reach out to us uh, at 205-967-0811. And we have tons of folks that would love to talk to you. Uh, help you decide what's the right country, what's the what's the place to go, um, to even help you wrestle with that decision if international adoption is best for you. But thanks to the generosity of so many people, uh, they have given and given. And even a couple of weeks ago, I was meeting with a young lady who said, I want to give to the Hope uh, Adoption Fund because I am not in a place where I can adopt, but I am in a place where I can help others who are able to adopt. And so because of the generosity uh, we have these funds in the Hope Adoption Scholarship Fund that we want for the month of November, National Adoption Month, to be able to scholarship families need-based starting at $500. So if you apply, you will get a $500 scholarship, but you can get even more depending upon your need to help you be able to start this process and to begin the journey on the way to finding a family for a child in need. And so we're so grateful for what the Lord has done. I'm grateful for Carla. And certainly you can always go to our website for more information. And we're always here to help you determine as you pray through what's next and what's best for your family. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.